0: Welcome to Foul Players Radio, your podcast for arts, entertainment, and pop culture. My name is Michael Spedden, your host. Every episode features interesting people with fun, fascinating stories about their journeys in the performing arts. Authors, actors, dancers, writers, musicians, athletes, comics, you name it. Folks who are center stage, backstage, on camera, or behind the scenes. Sit back and listen. Let's have some fun. Foul Players Radio is a production of the Foul Players Group and a proud member of the SJ Network. And welcome again to the quarantine edition of Foul Players Radio. Michael Spedden here, and tonight's guest is Gina Harlow. Gina does lots of things. She's a musician, an actress, a comedian. In her career, she's done just about everything. She started in the theater in the late 1960s in New York. After that, she became a burlesque star, performing in the Catskills up in the resorts in the uh, Borscht Belt in the 70s. And in the later in the 70s, she formed Gina Harlow in the Cutthroats. Performed a lot of New York punk scene clubs in the 1970s, headlining clubs like Max's Kansas City, CBGBs, Tracks, Heat, Hurrahs, and the Mud Club. In the 1980s, she got into band management and developed a clothing line called Fancy Wraps. In 2012, she reformed the Cutthroats and performed at the Max's Kansas City reunion, and then toured the East Coast a bit. In recent years, she has switched over to doing stand-up comedy and has been doing that ever since. I had the opportunity to meet Gina, I guess about a year and a half ago. It's kind of hard to remember with COVID and everything, but I met her at Club Reverb in Baltimore City. We were playing with Rue Star that night, and uh, you know we know. Reverb is run by Mike Diamond, who's been a previous guest here on Foul Players Radio. And I got the opportunity to meet Gina, and I finally had the opportunity to sit down and interview her tonight. We had a really good time, and I think you'll enjoy this episode. She's really funny. Subscribe to Foul Players Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Overcast, Castro, iHeartRadio, or you can go straight to the source where we store our shows, www.foulplayersradio.com. And we will be back with Gina Harlow
1: right after these words. Are you looking for a -a one-of-a-kind gift this holiday season? Or is your decor just missing something? How about a flatfish? What's a flatfish? Blue Earth Works, a pottery studio based in Wilmington, North Carolina, produces flatfish along with other handmade, functional, and sculptural pottery. Each piece is handmade, so every one is unique and a little surprising. Remember, if you're able, please support a small business this holiday season. Shop online at blueearthworks.etsy.com. Or if you're in Maryland, head on over to Kathy's Corner Shop in Northeast Maryland at 100 South Main Street and ask to see The Flatfish by Chaz. They'll know what you mean.
2: Hey, what's up? This is Christopher Stolle of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The podcast you are listening to is part of the SJ Network. Go to S. -j-network.com that's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows as well as information and ability to contact publicist Steve Joiner for more information just go to the website and check out the family ladies and gentlemen until then enjoy the show
3: Hey everybody, it's John Orlando from the PBD Cast. Are you wondering where you can find my podcast? Well, it's real simple. Just go over to pbdcast.com, the online home of yours truly, or it's available through all of those major podcasting platforms. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio app. And don't forget that every single Monday night at 8 o'clock, I do a live broadcast of the week's episode of the Cast through the Facebook page. Just go over to Facebook.com and search for at PBDCast and join me every Monday night at 8 p.m. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get on out of here. So I'll chat at each and every one of you later.
0: So, Gina... I've been waiting to talk to you and have you on the show for a long time now, and I'm glad the day's finally come. Welcome to Foul Players Radio, Gina. Great to have you.
4: Well, Mike, thank you so much for having me on. Um, really pre- appreciate it as well. I saw your group. I loved you. I love what you do. And I um, I'm just honored to be a guest on your show.
0: Well, thank you, thank you. So you're a fan of Moldy, huh? A fan of the Uncle Moldy show. That's where we yes, met. Down exactly. at...
4: exactly. Uh, you da- guys are hilarious.
0: Well, thank you, thank you. That's um, that that's you know the one thing I really haven't been doing that much of. Uh, well, much of anything this year because of COVID. But um, you know we haven't been playing as much lately. You know I've been busy doing things. Johnny's been busy. But we usually play you know about five or ten times a year when we're asked. Yeah. And um, it was great to you know it, it, whenever I go down there you know um i always meet somebody i like you know and i always meet somebody that i'm you know i end up talking to and um you know you know like you and some other people that i've you know done some things with you know like performing wise um you know and i've had you i heard you know mike told me a lot about the things that you've done in the past and uh and then we got talking a little bit too and that's why i had you here because i thought you would be a great story i thought it would be a very, very interesting for my listeners to hear your story and all the things that you've done over the years, and um, so it looks like, you know, according to your website here that you're performing, or your, you know, background of performing goes back to uh, the late 60s when you were involved in theater, so tell us a bit about that.
4: Oh, boy, I was I was only about 17, and I uh, was dating a guy who was an actor, and he was involved in a show called riot mm-hmm. and it won an ob it was an off-broadway show sure and it was about the newark riots of 68 or somewhere in the 60s and and so my job was to go backstage and take all these glass they had a lot of glass like bottles and stuff and smash it to this is a live stage show so you know like i was making the sounds for breaking the windows and storefronts oh
0: wow okay there you go
4: (laughs) that's my that was my first experience in the theater sound effects
0: oh wow
4: after that i i did um with the same boyfriend who got a job as an actor with the the American Shakespeare Festival Theater. And I, my m- mom had taught me to sew really, really well. Oh. Ugh. And like when I went up to New York, I was wearing clothes that I had made myself. And I had um, been approached by a guy who owned a boutique in the village to work for him. And uh, I, I did that for a summer until, you know, the guy started chasing me around the cutting table. I'm like, well... This is not working out too well. Mm. So, when this boyfriend got his job with the American Shakespeare Festival theater up in Stratford, Connecticut, uh, he was able to get me a job as assistant wardrobe mistress.
0: Oh wow! Hey, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, if you can, if you're around theater and you can sew and you can do it well, you can name your price.
4: Oh, I tell you, it was great. You know, so I, I was always. I was shy and when I was really young, and, and I didn't think that I could ever be on stage. In fact, uh, during one of the shows that we did up there was Henry V, and it started off, it was um, a Michael Kahn production, and he did it. In fact, it went to Broadway. It ended up on Broadway, but he he did it as very esoteric, so it starts off like there. are they're in a playground like they're very childish mm-hmm. uh, the soldiers and everything and uh, this one guy pulled me out on stage and there was a playground and they had a swing and he started he put me in the swing he started pushing me and the swing is very long it would go out almost over the audience and I was just like holding on I was looking at all the faces I was like oh my God, I can't believe I'm on the stage and I'm looking at all these people. (laughs) Wow, this is, I got mesmerized and the stage hand is, stage manager's calling, it's time, you know, come, hey, get her off the swing. Stop swinging her. And the guy kept pushing me. (laughs) So we had to, it was time to start the show. But that kind of hooked me on, uh, you know, I I always wanted that to be on stage again, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how I would do it. And, um, no, eventually, I I took dancing lessons, and I thought, well, I'll be a dancer. But then I switched to music, and I started studying music, and I go, no, nah, I'm going to do music. Mm-hmm. And so then I decided, well, I'm going to play bass guitar. I, I, I figured the bass it felt more similar to me t- to a piano, as I had childhood lessons with you know piano and. Mm-hmm. And so um, my partner at the time, Jesse Davis, we started playing music together and started writing. Mm -hmm. And a girlfriend of mine, Anya Phillips, she was the girlfriend and also managing this guy, James Chance and the Contortions. This is back in the, oh, I guess about 1977, 78, something Mm -hmm. like that. And she she said she wanted to book me with as an opening act with her boyfriend. And I go, No, we're not ready. We're not ready And I go back and I and about four times she says, Well I want to book you for the show and I come in and tell uh, the drummer and my my uh, boyfriend at the time, I, I look, she wants to book us at Maxis and we go no we're not ready. And the fourth time she goes, I'm, I will not take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're booked on this Sunday night. So we go out we, I'm scared to death, okay? This is my first gig ever ever <laughs> in my life. and it's at Maxis, Kansas City. And the band, James Chance and the Contortions, they were very popular. The place was packed. And I got reviewed in Variety. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, And it just took off from there. It was like I was getting booked all the time. Um, I went over really well. And it was going really fast. And and um, it was a little scary, you know, because I felt like I always had to come out with new songs new costumes, Mm -hmm. new themes, you know, that, that I couldn't do. I never felt like I could do the same show twice, you know, that I needed to do different shows. Mm. I don't know that I'm just self-driven that way. So so after a couple of years, we were uh, being entertained by, um, Oh, geez, what was it? Uh, Warner Brothers Records, uh, Hernando Cortright, in fact. Mm-hmm. And, and um, all of, we, we had an oil crisis. Now, in those days, I really didn't follow news and what was going on in the world. But there mm-hmm. was an oil crisis of some sort. Mm-hmm. And the price of uh, oil went up. And, of course, vinyl records were made from fi- uh, oil. Oh, sure. Well, all of the record companies ended up cutting everything. And and one of the things I was kind of, I, I think that in the long run, I might have been lucky but unlucky because they weren't putting up money for artists at that time, and they, was, they would uh, sign an artist, but then put them on a shelf, and you're stuck in a contract.
0: Mm, yeah.
4: And, you know, I heard a lot of people, they were stuck in these contracts. It's like, well, if you want to get out of it, like somebody else has to be interested in you enough to come and pay thousands of dollars to buy out your contract from one of these record companies, EMI, Warner Brothers, whoever. So some people really got screwed that way. Uh So I guess I was lucky that I didn't get signed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I was Sounds like you dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah. You,
4: know, so you don't know. And it's like, you know, hey, some people did well, but, you know, it came like a little bit later. And also, we all got kind of in that era, like 19, if you were around in, from 78 to 80, mm-hmm. you got put into the category of punk if you were playing the same venues that I was playing. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really a punk. You sure. know, I... I wasn't. I was just doing rock and roll. But I'll accept it now because that's what they want to call it.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. So some of the clubs that you had mentioned you were playing, I saw you you had had Max's Kansas City, CBGB's. I played there too. And um, I think you and I kind of had the same opinion. I liked playing there. I did it a couple of times in like 91. Um, But uh, what what, what did you think of it?
4: (laughs) Okay, well, this I was... By 91, I wasn't playing anymore.
0: Right, right, so, right.
4: And this is kind of funny. Uh, so I played from uh, seven, 1978 through um, 19, uh, I guess about 1982, and my um, partner in the band, uh, who became my husband, mm-hmm. uh, we ended up splitting up in 82, mm-hmm. and that was the end of Gina Harlow and the Cutthroats. Right, right. Okay, so when I played in CBGB's was in like 70, probably 1979 or 1980. Yeah. And, and even though Hilly Crystal was really, really nice to me and I um, I put out an album that was recorded live at Maxis, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll just give you guys a little bit of a history lesson. So at one point of time... If you played Max's, you couldn't play CBGB's. If you played CBGB's, you couldn't play Max's.
0: Is that right? Is that right? But
4: Yeah. But hmm. by the time that I was around, they had stopped that nonsense. Okay. I, I played CBGB's, but I just, um, because I did, I wore costumes. I did more of a showy show mm-hmm. that I didn't have a dressing room. I had
0: to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had
4: to go in there back, literally in the back of the building to change my clothes. Mm. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you guys know this, but upstairs was a homeless men's shelter.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> it's like, so there's like all these bums, you know, and I got to change and change my clothes outside because the bathrooms were small and every the toilets were always running over.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah. You know, you, Everybody had the experience of, you know, standing ankle-deep in punk fists, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, in that bathroom, but, if you drop something on the floor, you may as well just burn it. Forget it. it. You know? <laughs> forget it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs>
4: so so, anyways, I, I, I really... But but I ended up getting recorded uh, in Max's for... They were going to do a compilation record, but they, they scrapped the plan... And I didn't know they were even recording me for this. They just did it. And then they would come and tell you, like, oh, you know, we record all the bands. Oh, okay, that's nice. Well, they said, we recorded you um, to put on the compilation, but we're not doing it this year. But we wanted to offer you this two-inch tape. Hmm. So I'm like, wow, well, that's nice. And they said, yeah, we'll just give it to you. And you can take it to a studio and mix it, master it, put it out as your own LP, we you know we're just giving this to you, hey. so that that became the live on stage LP. Okay, and so so then I was like, well, okay, I just created uh, Cutthroat's Ltd. and put it out myself. I pressed a thousand records, mm-hmm. um, and turns out that one of my fans was uh with billboard and i didn't i had i mean he was a writer a re- critic with billboard oh okay magazine, billboard magazine and oh my god he wrote this fantastic review and he put he said this is the record of the month and he put it on the it was on the cover of the billboard magazine and uh, um, I just, you know, I, I don't know, I guess I sent this out to everybody, but anyways, 10 o'clock in the morning, I get a call now 10 o'clock in the morning when you're a punk rocker or a rocker, you don't, you're not awake. you know. <laughs> yeah. so I answer the phone. I'm kind of half asleep and it's the president of JNR music. Mm hmm. And he says, um, I'm so-and-so, president of j Music, and I just saw your review of uh, this record in uh, Billboard, and I didn't even, I'm like, what? <laughs> Again, I didn't say that, but I'm thinking, what review? What billboard? What the hell is he talking about? Well, I lived in New York City, so I ran to the corner, got a copy of the mat. Holy shit, I'm on the cover of Billboard. Um, and I saw this great review. So anyways, he goes, yeah, well, um, I want to buy you out. Um, so I sold him nine hundred records
0: mm-hmm.
4: the, by him buying me out like that, and I kept a hundred like so I could sell them myself or give to, you know use them for promo or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
4: I broke even Huh. <laughs> right <laughs> then and there, I broke even on my project and paid for everything, so anyways, um, oh my god, uh, when, I went. You know, they uh, like I went to CBGB's and asked Julie Crystal if he, I could put some records up for sale there. Sure. Even though I had only played there one time. Mm-hmm. He was really nice. He was really cool that way. So my you could you know, somebody could buy my records there. um Max's Kansas City. You could you could buy them there, buy them from me. Mm-hmm. And then I went to this record store in the corner of 49th and Broadway called The Colony they had every record any record so I went in there and I schmoozed with them oh my god you know what they did they got uh, they reprinted the cover and I don't know if you've seen the cover it's my butt yes I'm <laughs> butt, butt naked right hmm they they put records in there on consignment that's what they did but they put the whole friggin window on Broadway with my record two stories of my record cover <laughs>
0: Boy, they got to know my, you real well. My huh? ass
4: was on Broadway, honey. My ass was on Broadway. It
0: sure was.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, so we 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 became really popular. But you know, sometimes, like uh, when you're working with somebody, they get jealous because you're getting more attention than they are, and that's yeah. kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the relationship broke up. And and you know, like I really, you know, it was Gina Harlow and the cutthroats. So it was like. You know, a boy-girl act. So I didn't know what to do after that. And Then I decided, well, screw it. I'm just going to go make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to, you know, do something else. I performed for a while with Emma's with um, a clothing designer singer named Animal X, mm-hmm. and we, so collectively we were a lot of girls singers mm-hmm. at the, on the scene, and we called ourselves Animal X and the Amazons, and we did extravaganzas and we performed in all the big discotheques at the time okay the limelight the palladium danzeteria um uh, we even were oh my god we were part of that uh farm Aid show it was like simultaneously broadcast from new york and london and we we modeled and we were in that show we Oh, we, we we did some fantastic shows. It was amazing, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And but you know, it still wasn't Gino Harlow and the Cutthroats. Um, I and you know, as Gino Harlow and the Cutthroats, I got to tell you, we sold out the uh, Beacon Theater in New York City on Broadway. It's a it's a three thousand seat theater.
0: Wow, wow.
4: And we sold out the Beacon Theater.
0: That's awesome. That, yeah, man, we, you know, we that's yeah. We were impressive. very, very, very
4: popular. We were, we had a lot going for us. But you know, like I said, the uh, tension of the jealousy and rivalry was overwhelming. My husband.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can imagine that happened. It, it seems like it happens. I mean, every every time you watch a movie about a band, that that's always a factor. Oh, I'm sure, man. you know, he whatever was, they do, like he a biography. Was the boyfriend
4: who was the actor, he wanted to be the star. And I was the shy one sitting on the swing going like, oh <sighs> my God, I can't believe I'm looking at all these people. And, you know, and here I was, the, I was always very shy and quiet mm-hmm. until I, you know, got much older. Right. I very, but I could, when when I was on stage, that was a different persona.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, a different part of your personality there. Yeah, you go into uh Yeah. Yeah, right.
4: And so, you know, like off stage I'm you know, I s just tot I'm I am you know is just totally i am i am i am still totally different, you know. Mm-hmm. But 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 on stage it's like, you know, this whole other uh facet of my personality comes out. Yep. So I revived Gino Harlow and the cutthroats. In 2012. Okay. And check this out. Max's Kansas City started doing this. Some some collective unit of people there. They started doing the Max's reunions.
0: Oh right, right, right. Yeah, there a lot of clubs even down in Baltimore used to do that back, and that was around that time. Um, you know, you know what I think that was in that era. Like Facebook started really getting popular around that time, and band members started finding oh, yeah. each other. And because um, they started doing like Hammerjacks reunions down here, and network reunions, and Maxwell's reunions, those were the clubs around here, and I can imagine that was probably taking place up there too, because that was right around the year it was going on.
4: Oh yeah, and I well they did them every two years, and and from twenty twelve to twenty nineteen, that's the last reunion I did with them, and of course, you know, it's due to COVID. Everything came to a grinding a grinding halt, you yeah, know. Yeah. But uh, I, I revived it. Um, I would work with different New York musicians and some, uh, at the time I was living in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way. Yeah. I'm no longer living in Maryland. I moved to Myrtle Beach.
0: Oh, well, congratulations. Congratulations. Yes,
4: I'm, I'm buying a house down here. I'm just in the midst of closing. Mm-hmm and, and uh, I'm, I'm so I'm going to pick up this uh, it's a very interesting scene down here it's a beach scene it's mm-hmm. outdoors you know it's bands play outdoors at the bars on the water like on oh my god there's so much activity
0: huh.
4: hey. so um I can see Gino Harlow playing <laughs> Myrtle Beach now.
0: <laughs> well, I'll have to make it down once COVID's over, and I'll definitely come down and check you out, you know, uh, definitely. Well, I'm going to yeah. tell
4: you something. We bought a really big house.
0: Oh, congratulations. Nice. Nice. And
4: so that we can have lots of guests come and stay with us here. We'll have, we'll have uh, room for several, many people.
0: Oh, well, that's great. Hey, hey, hey. And maybe I'll bring,
4: Hey, hey, hey.
0: Maybe the Uncle Moldy show. <laughs> I'm may not going
4: to tell you guys where I live because I'll have nobody but visitors knocking on the door. But no, we really do. We're like nine miles from the beach. I don't want to be right on the beach because of, you know, flooding. Sure, and sure. Yeah, that's dangerous. So, yeah. But it's like nine miles. That's like a 15, 20 minute drive. Yeah. Right from the beach. And, and uh, we have a swimming pool then ground pool and it's heated so we can swim all year round.
0: Hey, 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 man. <laughs> sounds like you went to heaven. <laughs>
4: and, and and I have um like a, a cabana type house mm-hmm. near the pool, separate right. from the house. And it's a soundproof building.
0: Okay. Okay. So,
4: like, I can play music there and record and do anything I want, but I won't disturb any neighbors or anything like that, you know? Oh. So I have my own studio down here.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible. I've been working on building my own myself for a couple of years here. <laughs> but,
4: I bought the house from a guy who, who's, a, a, you know... He, he's not a professional musician. He's just, you know, doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. But he built the studio. Himself. He had the studio built for himself.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great.
4: And it's soundproof, which so is like so cool.
0: Oh, yeah. You can't beat that. Your neighbors will love you for that, too. Exactly.
4: <laughs> exactly. And I have all the gear. I have everything. Everything. I've got the drums. I've got the keyboards, the amplifiers, the You know,
0: all all you need to do is bring your guitar and plug in. Yeah, well, great, great. Sounds good. Sounds wonderful. Well, Gina, we're going to have to take a short break here. We've got to run a couple of ads real quick, and um, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you here. Um, Stick around, everybody. We're talking to Gina Harlow here on Foul Players Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment.
1: The holidays are here, and we have a fantastic gift idea. Foul Players Radio guest, Barbara Bustard, has just released a book. It's called The Art of Healing, 12 Step-by-Step Meditative Art Exercises for Improved Physical, Mental, and Spiritual Well-Being. Art offers a way to process all that we experience in life—joy, sadness, excitement, anger, and everything in between. Art allows us to work through the stress that underlies all disease— The meditative exercises in this book are enjoyable and engaging. They are described in a very simple, clearly articulated manner and are appropriate for any level of artistic experience. It's available on Amazon for $29 and has gotten many positive reviews. Again, the title of the book is The Art of Healing, 12 Step-by-Step Meditative Art Exercises for Improved Physical, Mental, and Spiritual Well-Being. By Barbara Bustard. Pick up your copy today.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Chris Ristali of Breaking the Fourth Wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also, you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side.
3: I'm Michael, the host of the semi-monthly podcast in a city like yours. Join me as I chat with interesting people with interesting life stories. You can listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can follow us on Twitter at IACLYSPodcast, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at In a City Like Yours Podcast. Please feel free to let me know what you think and keep coming back for the many interesting stories in a city like yours.
0: Hey, this is Don Smith from The Life Radio Show. If you've always wanted to learn more about the world of low-budget filmmaking and even lower-budget comedy, tune into The Life Radio Show. You can live stream the show at wwwsu 1069org on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, or find us wherever you find podcasts. And like and follow The Life Radio Show on Facebook for live video and other shenanigans.
2: That's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and able, ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, enjoy the show.
0: And we're back with Gina Harlow. So, uh, Gina... um, yeah, You're into so many things now. I mean, and you've done so much in the past, you know, with your bands, and then you've been doing reunions with the bands, you know, the um, Max's Kansas City and, you know, performing out with that. And um, one thing that you've done, and, you know, just like me, I I went from playing music into acting a little bit more. You've kind of gone into doing comedy. Uh, So tell us a bit about that. That's a little bit of a shifting of of gears a bit, huh? (laughs)
4: Well, you know, I have a very dear friend named Daryl Klein. Mm-hmm. In fact, his father is Junior Klein from Junior Klein and the Recliners, which is that is very right? Popular band in the mm-hmm. um, uh, in the at least in the Mid-Atlantic region and maybe all over the country. Yeah. But uh, Daryl is a very, very good friend of mine, and I, I was using working in his uh, one of his clubs. As uh, breaking the band in for going up to New York to do the Max's reunions,
0: mm-hmm.
4: we, used, we we did our shows there to uh, as kind of like dress rehearsals actually. Mm-hmm. Take take the uh, Gino Harlow. And we changed the name from Gino Harlow and the Cutthroats to Gino Harlow and the Deep Deepthroats <laughs> <laughs> because we're from Washington D.C. I was living in Maryland then. Yeah, uh, Silver, Silver Spring, Maryland, and he's in Rockville. I love the name Rockville, <laughs> <laughs> Rockville, Maryland. Yes, that's where I belong. So, uh, yeah, we 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 were working with Daryl and. Uh, uh, just having so much fun and then go up to New York and do this reunion with, uh, the Max's Kansas city reunions. Uh, mm-hmm. they were always at either Arlene's grocery or the Bowery electric. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, the, the first one I did, I got a call from, uh, this, f- uh, guy, isn't it Pier Pier Luca or something? He's from Rome, Italy, and he releases he reissues vinyl records from the seventies. Oh, okay. And so he reissued his company reissued Gina Harlow and the Cutthroats live on stage. So I told you back in the. That I back in the day there were only a thousand records printed so those records that are originals out there they're collector's they items
0: they are that's and, what yeah
4: oh uh, you can't and they're priceless one one uh, collector told me he sold one of my records for seven thousand dollars
0: wow hey or <laughs> uh,
4: maybe it was seven hundred dollars But anyway, it was a lot of money. Yeah, either way, that's pretty (laughs) good. Either way, it was like something astronomical. He goes, I said, Well, I'm thinking, like, gee, I want to meet this guy. He goes, Oh, no, I don't know who he is, but he's from Japan. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. So the record has been reissued and it is available. I have copies of it, but uh, you can also get it online. But, you know, just beware, listeners, because there's the original version. And there is the reissue and it states clearly that this is a reissue mm-hmm. anyways. So I got that out of doing these reunions and then the next, uh, you know, every two years they do the reunions. Then I get a call after the second time I did one and I'm in a taxing book. It's called rock covers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, these big rock bands, I mean, stars, you know, and, I'm I got my whole a whole page and it's a hardcover book. It's like a coffee table book, the size mm-hmm. of a record album cover. Sure. Exactly. And my album cover is in there if you've ever seen the cover of Live on Stage. It's a picture of yours truly uh start naked, but I'm looking over my shoulder yes. and my butt crack is covered with um like a cover over with three X's on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yep. It kind of shows your hiney I a little bit.
4: Don't see the goodies. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm in a corner. I'm looking over my shoulder. It was a mirrored room and my, a photographer I knew at the time wanted to experiment with shooting in a mirrored room. So that's how that rock cover, that album cover came about. Oh, Um, yeah. So doing the Max's reunions, um, you know really, really did a lot for me to get my name back out there. I hadn't when I went out to play in twenty twelve it was the first time I was playing again as Gina harlow mm-hmm. um in thirty years and wow it's it, the funny thing is like, okay, so I performed as Gina Harlowe with the cutthroats from seventy eight to eighty two and then the longest period of time it was eight years. When I started back in 2012, mm-hmm. and I I just played continuously um, until COVID to right. wipe me up to my feet and everybody else. But meanwhile, my friend Daryl Klein calls me up. Oh, geez, I guess it was in 2018. Uh, and he calls me up one day and he says, hey, Gina, um, you know, I'm producing this comedy uh, show. And I want you to come out and do a, a stand-up act. And I don't ask me why. I just said, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done stand up comedy. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm like, oh shit, now I have to write something. What am I gonna do? I've got to I've gotta write i s I've gotta write something. So I call him back. Well how many, how many minutes do I need to do? And he goes, Oh, all you need to do is about 10, 12 minutes, maybe twenty.
0: Oh, jeez.
4: Like, 20's a long time, right?
0: That's a lot so, of stuff.
4: <laughs> so I just went out there and just started, uh, you know, talking about myself, my life, my, <laughs> my crazy experiences, of things that were happening to me, like, at the moment, you mm-hmm. know? And um, I started getting laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Believe it or not, people thought, hey, that's funny, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he just talked about all kinds of crazy shit, like um, one of my ex-husbands' penises. Mm-hmm. I've been married three times. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I thought that would be really funny. Um, thank <laughs> God he never heard the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. hey. <laughs> revenge baby watch what you do to your wife because if you ever get divorced she just might become a stand-up comedy comic and go out and talk about your penis
0: oh jeez oh my
4: (laughs) (laughs) oh yes um very clever
0: (laughs) brutal Brutal.
4: And if you want to know what I talk about, you've got to come out and see my show.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, this is still, this is an ongoing theme in your show then. It's not just something you did once.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's ongoing. And I, and then I get into like. Talk about
0: karma. Good Lord.
4: (laughs) I get into, you know, um, you know, I'm an older woman now, you know, because I mean, I'm telling you, I started in the seventies and I wasn't. Two years old. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I am, uh, what they call us, uh, mature. Yes. I'm a mature woman. Mm-hmm. So I do, um, I do a, an act about, um, cougar speed dating. <laughs> 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 um, I'm just giving you some of the topics. I'm right. not going to get into my show. What I talk about? Sure, sure. You
0: can't give it away, but yeah. <laughs> but, uh,
4: yeah. So, um, and also about, well, um, oh, what's this thing uh, they call the dating you do online?
0: Oh, you yeah, never online. Know
4: who you're going to meet? Right.
0: Right. Right. Right.
4: Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, Matchmakers dot com or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Match dot com. I've never done yeah. any of that stuff, but. I I was just imagining like what it would be like if I would met somebody on one of these program of uh, internet things and the guy comes out to take me on a date and I'm dressed up like, you know, like a movie star, you know, New York city, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, high heels, makeup and everything. And this is, where I'm living in Maryland and the guy comes out to, uh, take me apple picking. <laughs> <laughs> because I heard that's what they do you know, mm-hmm. people like to go oh my damn, what the hell do I look like, a migrant worker? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's funny that's funny
4: so, so, um, yeah, so I do the comedy, and uh, of course everything has stopped with COVID mm-hmm. and since COVID I decided, well, um I no longer want to live in Maryland. Yeah, I, I've wanted to be by the ocean for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, coincidentally, I was born in Miami, Florida.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
4: And you know, you're always near the, an ocean in Florida.
0: You sure do. you know,
4: you're always, always close to a beach, and I always love the beach. I love, I really do. I love having a swimming pool and you know having a suntan and mm-hmm. being outdoors, so uh, somehow I picked uh, Myrtle Beach.
0: Oh, that, that, that's a nice area from what I hear. Yeah, I've been there once. I mean, I, I, I haven't been there like a lot of times to where I really know it, but it's a nice place. I I, I liked it when I went.
4: Well, what I like, what, so like at this point in my life, this is nice for me because it's really a small town. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the beach, and 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 then there's all these little bars, you know, along the water. Uh huh. Right. And and at this really cool area called Murals Inlet.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh huh. It's an, so it is an inlet. It's not on the ocean, and it's like really cool. There's like all these clubs here, and and you know nothing is slowed down here because it's outdoors. You've got the ocean breeze blowing on you. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to catch COVID if you've got the ocean air just blowing? blowing the germs away
0: yeah yeah
4: you know it's not you're not indoors and uh so so i i'm gonna be able to do my comedy down here i'm gonna be able to play music mm-hmm. i just you know i've been working on you know finding a house buying a house oh my god mm. going through buying a house Ah. Oh i'm gonna
0: have a whole comedy act about this oh yeah oh yeah well, that's that that that's a that's a chore i tell you it's really a uh it's an endeavor uh, it's, it's great that. it's great that there's a lot of places down there where you can perform both your music and your comedy yes. you know and if it's yes. a nice place to live sounds like you got it made um uncle moldy did do um uh, we did do myrtle beach once and um we went over like a lead balloon down there. So I hope you have better luck than we did. <laughs> oh, man.
4: You know, well, I'm probably going to start producing my own shows. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. what I always do. I produce my own shows. Mm-hmm. You know, like the uh, rock and roll fetish frenzy. And, you know, <laughs> 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 you know um, I, I like doing themed shows.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
4: I like having other performers with me, mm-hmm. you know, coming out and doing my own theme shows and having other performers. So I'll be inviting you. I'll be inviting some friends from New York. Mm-hmm. And because I have the house large enough to host you guys, you can come down. And it won't cost you so much because you can stay with me.
0: Oh, hey, hey, that sounds like a yeah. deal.
4: Doesn't that sound like a good deal? Sounds
0: Come like a down, wonderful stay deal. Stay at
4: my house, and I'll get the venue and get uh, you know, you know, get, get in charge of selling tickets and uh, producing some shows down here. Hey. Uh, I'm sure Myrtle Beach isn't uh, doesn't realize what's happened to them here.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I but know. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. Your new neighbor has arrived, folks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but what's cool there's like always these themed uh other things going on here is like they're into motorcycles like Harley Davidson's, they're mm-hmm. into cars. So there's like every week there's like another car show. There's like antique cars, there's race cars, there's sports cars, there's um uh, vintage cars uh uh little race cars uh, truck shows and there's all these things um events happening every week and i'm'm I'm, I'm gonna you know uh host shows that will be um you know uh, t- t- tapping into that those venues, mm-hmm, sure. you know, the, not not venues, but those uh, clubs. Like, we're, I'll book bands and I, I I always write songs about cars and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, I love I love cars myself, and I'm gonna, you know, I feel like this is a, a good opportunity to to tap into another themed themed show um, audience.
0: Right, right, right
4: you know like with your uncle moldy show mm-hmm. oh my god you guys are hilarious well
0: thank you thank you i appreciate that i've and always the thought mystery?
4: so oh god i'd love to do a, a whole thing down here with uh, and and have macabre type of performers you know oh yeah so, yeah so if you mix you mix the things like like the the uh, theatrical thing mm-hmm. and the live bands of one or two bands you know mm mm-hmm. mhm and you put it together, it's it's an event. It is.
0: It is. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds good. We'll we'll definitely have to talk offline about this. This sounds good to me. You know.
4: Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So you know, like you, I'm pretty much a well-rounded uh, entertainer. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I've done um, acting. I've danced. I've sung. I write. I do comedy. I don't care what it is, as long as I'm on stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, I love to perform myself, and um, I just realized, you know, and, and I'm sure maybe you realize this. Um, I mean, you because know, I mean, both of us, it seems like in like in our uh, prime, you know, we kind of switched gears and we were out of it for a good while. You know, you you know even longer yeah. than me. And, um, it just seems like, you know, it was, it was in our blood and we had to come back to it, you know, life didn't always allow for it at the time, but, um, it did, you know, it it was something that we, you know, we do it because we have to do it yeah we don't do it because exactly, we just want to do exactly
4: it. we don't have a choice, yeah but also well um you know I just want to tell you Mike when when I was out of it out of the performing in, I got into the management side mm-hmm. and and I managed um one of my husband's <laughs> one of my husband's was a blues musician, and mm-hmm. I managed him and i I got him signed to uh, i got his I held the rights to his records. However, I got distribution national and international through City Hall Records with this one artist. And everybody told me I couldn't do that with one artist, but I did. I also had him on tour in in Europe a couple of times Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, up and down the uh, eastern seaboard with the um, um, NACA. Because he's uh, African-American, so he was uh, able to do the uh, African-American History Month, you know?
3: Right, right, right.
4: Doing blues, and I learned a lot about blues. I learned how to play blues Mm -hmm. as a bass player, and then I, uh, don't ask me why I did this, but (laughs) I produced a TV show for two years, a series, a weekly series called inside the blues. It was on cable. Oh, okay. And I have the archive. I have all of these tapes of those shows. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I interviewed, um, some obscure, really cool artists, pine top Perkins, um, um, uh, uh, junior Wells. Uh, he's mm-hmm. pretty quite famous. um, uh Long John, Long, what's the name? Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm spacing on the names. <laughs> it was, it was quite a while ago. It was in the nineties. Okay. I did this from 95 to 97, 1995 mm-hmm. to 1997. Mm-hmm. I had a series for two years. Every week there was a new show and that's quite an effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> so a lot to do. I,
4: it was, it was, it was really a lot of work. Mm. Um, but I like I'm I'm fine with behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the, and I'm not. In other words, I don't need to be the star of everything I do.
0: Right, right, right. I
4: I love the whole uh, the whole essence of entertainment and art and music.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And it doesn't need to be about me.
0: Right, right. I feel the same way. I feel the same way um, in in a lot of ways. Because when I do, like, for example, with the murder mysteries, um, there are a lot of people that that, they start their own theaters around here and in other places where whenever they start the theater, they're the lead in every play that comes out okay oh. and it gets to be silly after a while because um, you know we, yeah yeah you know, there was that, a you know there was you know because people end up putting themselves in their dream roles you know but somebody oh, could be 72 yes, years old and playing somebody who's 20 and that doesn't work um, the thing that I kind of pride myself on with the murder mysteries, is that um, I've surrounded myself with great people. When I bought the murder mystery company a couple of years ago, there were already established people there. And um, I had been performing with them for a while before I, you know, before the uh, owner left and, you know, turned it over to me. And um, I, uh, when I do the murder mysteries, you know, I'm usually the, I usually play the detective and, um, so I'm I'm out there and I kind of you know I'm I'm out there talking to the crowd. I'm questioning people in between each scene, but you know what? I don't need to steal the show because I've surrounded myself with such good people. They can carry the show, and I have absolute confidence in everybody. And it's not really just about I really admire
4: me. that. I really admire people who can who can do that.
0: Yeah, it's it's yes. it's, it's doesn't have to. Be. It's not the Mike show. You know, we're called the foul players of Perryville, and it's players with an S on it. So there's more than one and they're a team and they're awesome. I've got about 20 some people that I rotate through the shows, you know, based on their availability and what they want to do. And I have confidence in all of them. And, um, I, I, or I, um, I just love doing it. I love doing it and I just let them go. I let them do what they do. You know, uh,
4: Exactly. Exactly. and 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 it's all about creativity because look Mm -hmm. even as a a costume designer or you know making designing clothes Mm -hmm. i'm designing them for other women other people Mm -hmm. other performers you know it's not me Mm -hmm. who's going to wear it but it's like it's being artistic it's being creative and that's what you have that same creative drive that you know we can go out there and perform Mm -hmm. but we we can also get off on supporting another facet of the, of the uh, arts. And I I, I love that, you know? Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Right. It's, it's because the thing is, it's like it, 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 you want to make sure that, you know, uh, everybody who performs has an ego, but you got to keep your ego in check and keep things realistic and realize that you can't do everything. Right. You know, you've got to rely on your people and you've got to spread it out because, you know, because then after a while, nobody's going to want to perform with you too. You know, if you're, if that's (laughs) that's, uh That's
4: that's, right,
0: but that's the way it is, you know? So, um, wow. I've really had a great time talking to you tonight. I mean, I really appreciate you being willing to come on foul players radio and tell us your story and, uh, all the things that you're doing. Um, you know, I, I was just looking at, um, You know, you've got a great website and, um, you know, you mentioned you had some things for sale. Um, One thing I wanted to, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, touch on here is, um, you know, COVID kind of shut everything down. But, you know, you do keep your website up to date, it looks like. So I do see flyers on here that look like they were right before COVID started. So it looks like you're pretty current with informing everybody. Um, could you, you want to go ahead and shamelessly plug whatever you've got going on or uh, whatever you plan on having or <laughs> anything that you want to be as shameless I'm, as you want to be I'm about?
4: Shameless! I'm shameless. I'm shameless. And I'm going to admit that right now I'm not, I'm not performing. I've just relocated to Myrtle Beach. Right, right. And and seriously, like over the summer, I, I moved down here and I'm not situated yet. Mm-hmm. But I do have, you know, the posters, the records, those are always available. Um, I want people to know that, uh, you know, I miss them. I miss performing in front of them and that I'll be back out there. Uh, probably early early uh well down here you know the spring comes a little bit earlier so i would say say give me until march Mm -hmm. because you know i'm you know i'm closing on the house and i'm gonna be moving in and it's it's hectic my it's a little bit hectic right now but i'm also very sensitive to uh, all of our safety Mm -hmm. and i might be doing some things uh you know uh remotely, like with through internet or through recordings, like, like I'm doing with you, but maybe my shows will be broadcast online, mm-hmm. uh, depending on where we are. But uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> to all of the people who know me out there, to fans who have been loyal to me for years, I really love you and thank you for your support through all of this, and that I will be back on stage live, live on stage, as soon as it's safe.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that's the key word right there, is safe. We want to make sure everybody stays nice and healthy, and we want to make sure that the next show you see is not your last and we want to
4: precisely, yeah.
0: And we just want to make sure that everybody, you know, that we all get through this together, and we can, you know, we just yeah. We're
4: to... all in this together. We've got to. The, the, the thing is, we've got to survive this pandemic. It's not a joke. Yep. Um, there's been so much political stuff, and um, I'm not. Uh, no, none, no, none of us are happy about what's happening with mm-hmm. the 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 situation of COVID none of us mm-hmm. it's just you know and it's no one's fault that mm-hmm. no one should feel guilty or to blame or to, you know that their life is over because you can't do everything that you can do at this time this will pass it will it, it will. will pass I promise you I mean the plague the bubonic plague passed the mm-hmm. flu of uh, the uh, 1918 it passed things pass, you know, even we had AIDS that was really horrible when it first came, hit the, hit the circuit, you mm-hmm. know, and, and people were, whoops, um, <laughs> sorry, I knocked something over, um, you know, people, people with, when AIDS first hit the scene, I mean, my God, you know, people were terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, we've survived that. We've learned how to be sexually active safely, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So right now we're going through this, this uh, COVID and we need to, you know, be very safe, careful. Mm -hmm. And as far as entertainment, as far as, um, you know, people interacting with each other, it's, this is not the end of the world. It's not the end of live entertainment it's simply a pause
0: it is it is and i have a it's feeling a... things are going to come roaring back like crazy when it's time
4: it will it will mm-hmm. and 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 all of everybody who is out there listening you know please stay safe stay alive Just don't do anything to to you know to subject yourself to unnecessarily mhm We will be out there again, full force, and we'll all have a great time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Gina, thank you so much. It's been just an absolute delight. And you got to promise me you're going to come back again sometime and talk to us.
4: Oh, you bet. You bet. You just just call me anytime, Mike. You just call me anytime.
0: I sure will. I (laughs) sure will. So thank you again, uh, Gina Harlow.
4: Thank you, and thank you to all of you. It, fans of your and uh of your show and your audience and thank you for having me on your show i appreciate it so much i love you all Mwah.
0: well thank you gina thank you all for listening this is gina harlow on foul players radio and we will see you next time
3: howdy it's mac Gwynn here popping in to let you know about the adventures of the albino rhino it's a show uh Frank the Giraffe here, my host, James Godwin and myself put on for you guys twice a week. Uh, every Wednesday we talk to a comedian and every Friday we call it Freak yeah Friday. The show itself is not safe for work and that freak is definitely a different word. I just don't know what podcast you're going to be listening to this promo on. And I don't want to, you know, start screaming explicatives while you're sitting in your office. If you're lucky enough to have been able to go back to the work that you did before inside of an office or whatever, you know. But we go on an adventure twice a week and it's a good time because we get to sit down and talk to some really cool people. Uh, And I enjoy it because, you know, I'm just curious little albino who uh, likes to get to know folks, you know? You can find us a couple ways. Actually, multiple ways, really. Man, there's a lot of different ways to find us. You can find us through our central hub, which is www.albinorhino.me. It's the website you can find me on. And then, you know, the podcast, you can find the videos on YouTube, search for Adventures of the Albino Rhino, also linkable from our website. you can also find us through Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. That's right. We're on the same place Joe Rogan is. Granted, we're not, we're not the Joe Rogan experience, but you know what? I mean, we're there. We're there. So give us a listen. Promise you won't be promise you won't be dissatisfied. And enjoy your day.
5: What's going on, minions? Mike here for Misery Point Radio, and you're listening to the Coast to Coast Power Hour on the SJ Network. Now, I know what you're thinking. Mike, what the F is a Coast to Coast Power Hour? Well, my uneducated and uninformed friend, the Coast to Coast Power Hour is a board-like collective of epic podcasters from epic podcasts that have all come together to discuss the important things in life pop culture current events random awesomeness stuff like that trust me you need this in your life for more information on this show and all the shows on the coast to coast power hour as well as on the sj network reach out to publicist steve Joyner at www.s-j-network.com or stevesjnetwork at gmail.com no need to thank me i'm just out here you know changing lives What's Your effing Binge is a podcast brought to you by Chris, Anchor, and Spotify. And what we talk to our guests about is what they're currently binge-watching on TV. And uh, what we do is we like to uh, take a different approach. I don't want to know what the name of the show is that they're going to talk about before they come on. I have to actually guess it. So I ask them who, what, when, where, why and uh, try to figure out what it is that they're watching. A lot of times I'm able to guess it and sometimes I'm not and that's fine that adds to the comedy of the show. We like to bring our guest on whether they're a model or an actress or producer or musician and just let them have a platform to be able to tell everybody what they have coming up next and also entertain everybody with what's worth watching. So I hope everybody tunes in for the next episode of What's Your f and Binge? Thanks. It's Chris.
3: This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner.